0: What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the new movie, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile, that you can see on Netflix today. It's about Ted Bundy, played by Zach Efron. Lily Collins is also in the movie as Ted Bundy's longtime girlfriend, Elizabeth. Kendall. I'm going to talk a lot of things about this movie. I've been waiting for this movie for basically an entire year of my life and that is, that is why I am devoting a full podcast just to this movie. But I want to talk about both leads of this movie, Efron and Collins. And I want to start off with Zach Efron, the evolution of Efron. Ephron has been in my life since what, 2005, 2006, since High School Musical 1 entered my TV screen and I watched it on that miraculous evening whenever that movie premiered, and it was a bombshell. And we all knew. I knew from that day that that guy was going to continue to be a presence in my life in some way or fashion and he has made, he has built on that promise and he has had a pretty interesting career he is one of the more fascinating actors in Hollywood working today because sometimes he loves to fit that model of leading man and i think he tried to do that after high school musical a bit and i feel like he tried to escape that a little and he made some Bad moves. I mean, he's done mostly comedies since high school musical free. The Neighbors movies are his most successful to date, box office wise. He was in The Disaster Artist with Seth Rogen a little bit. He was in movies like Baywatch and Dirty Grandpa, which are huge misses on his mantle. Those are not good movies. Those are his attempts at comedy. He was also in the movie Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. That is a movie that me and my sister watch regularly on a semi-regular basis. It is hilarious, him and Adam Devine. I think it's a hit. Most people would say it's a miss, but he has really done... Comedies mostly since High School Musical. I mean, the the only thing that comes to mind of his post High School Musical career—that's him trying to be a somewhat serious actor—is The Greatest Showman, and he's really taking a back seat. To Hugh Jackman, which I think is something interesting for a guy like Efron to do. And is smart for something like a guy like Efron to do. Sit back and watch this guy who has been the most consistent actor of our generation perform well. And just learn to be in a good movie. I think Efron has missed the chance and opportunity to be in more good movies. I remember reading that he was going to be in the remake of Footloose. And he didn't want to do that because it was too similar to... Troy Bolton, and I understand him escaping the musical genre. I I don't hate musicals, like I like the Greatest Showman. I obviously love La La Land. And I really love Into the Woods. I'm, I'm The recent musicals today have really worked. I understand him wanting to escape the genre. But for him to become the zippy, fast-talking comedy, oh my god, he's just a dumb guy in movies, has become kind of a silly thing. And a weird revelation the last decade and a half of him being in Neighbors and Neighbors 2. He's funny in those movies. And those movies work. But Dirty Grandpa... And Baywatch are huge misses that I don't quite frankly want to see. Also, in this year, he was in the Beach Bum with Matthew McConaughey. I've not seen that movie, but I'm looking forward to another pure comedic Efron performance. Like it's really weird that he has tried to become this funny guy. I think he's trying to become. I think if you ask Zac Efron who he wants to be as an actor, I think Channing Tatum comes to mind. Channing Tatum can be in movies like Logan Lucky, and he can be in Twenty One Jump Street. And he can still be thought of as a pretty good looking guy. I think if Zach Efron wants to copy a career, Channing Tatum's is the one he most likely wants to copy. Now let's talk about this idea of him playing Bundy. I think a lot of people are going to say it's a stunt casting to get people to watch. I get it. But I think it's a real weird piece of a movie that you have a guy who is idolized by teenage girls playing a guy who killed 30 girls in the 60s and 70s. In Ted Bundy. I think that's a really weird thing going on there. I b- believe the relationship between the two is odd. I'm not going to say it's there, but I'm going to say it's really odd to have that kind of guy played this kind of guy I think it's interesting I think it's fascinating I think it's the right choice of a movie that Zach Efron should be making it's a show he's an interesting dramatic actor I think this is the right step and then when I heard of this casting I couldn't have been more pumped that Troy Bolton the guy who dominated the 2000 the late 2000s becoming Ted Bundy I just thought it's fascinating It's what I love about acting like the idea that the same guy who trade who played Troy Bolton and was in the Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates can play a serial killer in a movie. I think it's what acting is all about is playing these different roles and seeing what hit and misses and I'm gonna say right off the bat he hits as Ted Bundy. I'll go into that in further detail later on in this podcast. also want to talk about the leading lady of this movie Lily Collins plays Liz Kendall the love interest of Zac Efron's Ted Bundy and listen I have had the same similar relationship to Lily Collins. I think she's underrated. I think she's a far better. She's had a far better career up until this point of Zac Efron, and I'm here to tell you why. Since the Blind Side, she has been in some pretty consistently really good movies. She's in a really funny rom com called Love Rosie. She was nominated for a Golden Globe in the movie Rules Don't Apply. She was in her best movie to date is her dealing with an eating disorder into the bone. I think she is one of the most consistent actresses. Working today. I think she's a little underrated in the grand scheme of things. I think she's the type of person when it's all said and done, I would be shocked if she is not a multiple Oscar nominated actress. She is phenomenal in these movies. It's kind of, she has a weird relationship with playing single moms, which she does in this movie. It's like how many times the young Good looking twenty something year old girl gonna play a single mom. It's really interesting the roles that she's taken. She has very few misses. I mean the movie Mirror Mirror isn't one of my favorite movies, but she she's really done some pretty consistent things. She's in the T V show Les Miserables on PBS that I watch a little bit about. It's kind of boring, but I like her in the role. And I think in this movie she She plays it interesting. Listen, I think her character is a little underdeveloped, which I'll get into later on in this podcast. But I think overall, I really enjoy this tandem of Efron and Lily Collins because they've been such a fixture in my pop culture mind for the last decade and a half. I've seen so many movies of these two doing some really different things and to see them come together. Now, Lily Collins is also in a movie coming out this week called Tolkien, where she plays the love interest of Nicholas Holtz, Tolkien, the guy who wrote the Lord of the Rings book. So yeah, that's another movie I'm looking forward to, but I'm going to go more in-depth on this movie. Going to talk about what I liked about extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. And I know that's a long title. Listen, it's the story of Ted Bundy. It really doesn't get into how or why he becomes a serial killer, but it really gets into the relationship between Ted Bundy and this one girl, Elizabeth Kendall, who, by the way, had a young daughter who Ted Bundy, at least in the movie, makes it seem like he had a pretty strong relationship with both of them. I think the best things about this movie, the best thing about this movie is every scene that has Lily Collins and Zac Efron in the same room. I say in the same room because the one thing that annoyed me about this movie is the number of times the scenes between them were phone conversations. I get it that Bundy went to prison. I get that you had to have him keep talking to Elizabeth Kendall, but this idea that we had to keep waiting for the phone to ring and we knew who it was, it just took a little suspense out of the movie where I was just like, okay, it's a Another phone conversation where Zach Efron's Ted Bundy is gonna tell her I didn't kill those people and I get I get it's a serious thing and I get they probably had those phone conversations I just thought there was way too many of those in the movie like I don't want to watch a movie about phone conversations I think the best scenes were when Zach Efron who's kind of playing a con artist I can't tell if Zach Efron's Ted Bundy actually loved Elizabeth Kendall. And I think that's the whole idea of Ted Bundy in this movie. Is to show you that Ted Bundy was a con artist. He could make people believe he was the smartest person in the room. He could make people believe he loves them. He tells another girl in this movie that she's the one for him and marries her instead I mean that's a huge con move because he's clearly hung up on Elizabeth Kendall I actually believe if you believe this movie that he's in love with Elizabeth Kendall but he's clearly done way too many things wrong killing 30 people to ever have a life with her clearly he's the movie is about his trial and all that but I think this movie the 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 core of this movie centers on this relationship But too much of it is on the phone. It just feels like, um every time, like the first two times I was like, okay, let's not have more phone conversations. And then clearly there ended up being like three or four more phone conversations, which really kind of annoyed me about the movie. I think that was my biggest gripe with this movie. I don't need Ted Bundy continually to call Lily Collins' character. And I was, keep getting shocked. Would she really still talk to him? I mean, I I know this book, and I mean, this movie is based on the book that Elizabeth Kendall wrote. So clearly she's telling the truth when she said she truly believed this guy. And I think that's the center piece of this movie is how far will you go into believing someone you love? And clearly this person was going to go to the, the depths of the world to believe that this guy was innocent. I get that. I get it. I was just annoyed by the overall phone conversations in the film between Ted Bundy and, Elizabeth Kendall. I found it quite annoying to be honest. Another thing this movie does is it uses beloved actors in small minor roles. Jim Parsons plays the lawyer against Ted Bundy in the trial and John Malkovich plays the judge who gets some of the best lines but he kind of delivers it in a John Malkovich type way. I get it. This is a big movie. You have Efron, you have Collins. But sometimes I don't like it when I see Jim Parsons and I go, wow, it's Sheldon from The Big Bang Theory. That's just where my mind goes. I'd rather not see that kind of... To me, that's more of a stunt casting than casting Efron in the role of of Ted Bundy, because at least Zac Efron is going to have some things to do in this movie. Jim Parsons is just there to be Jim Parsons, the judge who's against Ted Bundy, like anyone else could have played that role. I didn't find it that interesting that Jim Parsons was in this movie. I'm not saying Jim Parsons wasn't good in this movie. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy his performance overall. I just thought to myself, why is Jim Parsons in this movie? And why am I now thinking about Sheldon from The Big Bang Theory? and, And John Malkovich is now in every Netflix movie, known to man, it seems like. If you don't know what I'm talking about, he was recently in the Netflix movie Bird Box, and he was also in the Netflix movie Velvet Buzzsaw. So I'm kind of getting sick of seeing John Malkovich show up in these random supporting roles in these Netflix movies. Does he have a lifetime contract with Netflix? Because it's kind of getting on my nerves. I didn't, I'm not saying they were bad in this movie. John Malkovich and Jim Parsons are not weaknesses to this movie. I will say who is a weakness to this movie. Haley Joel Osman did absolutely nothing for this movie. Watching him act is actually like seeing dead people. And if you get that reference, thank you. I thought he was overall bad in this movie. And it's not just because I can't believe that that guy would end up with Lily Collins, although that's a big piece of it. I just think his character added so nothing to the movie. He wasn't that simple pathetic towards Lily Collins's mm-hmm. character I don't know who he was playing in real life, to be honest with you, but the overall performance was bad. And Haley Joel Osment showing up in movies that I'm excited for is kind of becoming an annoying thing. For those of you who didn't see the Entourage movie, Haley Joel Osment was also the most annoying thing in that. And he also showed up in my favorite show, Silicon Valley. Hey, Haley Joel Osment, could you stop showing up in things that I love? Thanks. Sincerely, your pal, Cameron McKinney. Please stop showing up in things that I like. You're ruining all of them Talking about some things that actually worked in this movie for me, lack of overall violence, I thought was actually the right move for this kind of movie. If you were going to center the rela- this movie on the relationship of Elizabeth Kendall and Ted Bundy and that structure, then I think you had to show lack of violence for you to see Elizabeth Kendall's point of view. Like, this isn't the Ted Bundy movie about all those killings. This is about how someone falls in love and stays in love with a serial killer. So I understand staying away from the violence. I also thought it was interesting how they linger on Elizabeth Kendall. Probably a little too long, to be honest. Lily Collins is a great actress, but it really doesn't work for me until that final scene where Lily Collins visits Ted Bundy before before he sends us away or it's uh, he's already been found guilty and whatever. And he's trying to avoid the death sentence. And he kind of sort of says that he committed all those crimes. I think it's a powerful scene. I think that was the build up to it was a little too long. I, I feel like I could have maybe done with a lot, without a lot of stuff. Listen, I like the first scene of how they met. A lot of the scenes together are the best stuff in the movie. There's a creepy scene where Zach Efron comes in the room and says, do you want to lay down? And it's all this weird stuff. And then he becomes shirtless all of a sudden. I get that. A lot of people are questioning why Zach Efron is buff. Well, he's Zach Efron. Would he, do you? is, was he supposed to lose a bunch of weight? I don't know Ted Bundy all that well of what he actually looked like to comment on all that but I will say that is the best scene in the movie and I needed more scenes like that I could have had a whole movie of them just talking in the prison I get I had to have the movie of how they fell in love and how they kind of fell out of love I thought it was great I will say this it was overall great about how she really didn't fall out of love with him until the end of the movie I thought that was great I just thought there was some overall flaws in the overall story like her drinking and how she gave it up because Ted Bundy, she wanted to give up the life of Ted Bundy. Like, I don't know why we were blaming her drinking on Ted Bundy. I get some of it. I do. I, I just don't like that trope of like the character is moving on. So they stopped drinking. I get she's a real person and maybe that actually happened to her and I'm not dissing her. I'm just saying that maybe that wasn't that much interesting to the overall plot of the movie, but that scene at the end, That was the buildup of the movie. That's what made this movie work. If it wasn't for that scene... I would actually say that this was a bad movie and what am I doing here for? Then I saw that scene and I was like, okay, I'm back in on this movie. Like, I think this movie was worth the year wait just because of that scene. The fear in Lily Collins' eyes are real, people. She is afraid of Zac Efron now. She thinks he is a monster. That is the moment she becomes a member of the audience and you're like, oh, wow. She is actually realizing what kind of a monster monster, Zach Efron's Ted Bundy actually is. And this is the same guy who didn't want a lawyer. He's such a con man, but his con is up and she is discovering the true Ted Bundy in that moment. And she is realizing how many bad, awful phone conversations she has wasted on this guy who she let her daughter around. That is that moment. That is what this whole movie is building up to. And when I, when I read bad reviews of this movie, I don't hear them applauding that scene. That scene is all-time great this year. This whole scene is about that movie between Ted Bundy and Elizabeth Kendall. This is a man who who writes what he finally did and tells her the truth and it's just such a good scene. There's no other actors in that scene. It is the best overall scene in this movie. If you don't watch this movie, at least look up that scene because it is so worth the wait. It was worth my year of waiting for this movie to come out to see that scene where Elizabeth Kendall, Lily Collins's character, finally realizes her former boyfriend is a monster and you learn... She was the one who called the police to investigate Ted Bundy. It is such a good twist. This movie was good. Just because of that moment, it built up what you were waiting for. Because some of the movie, it's like, okay, I get it. He escaped from prison twice. I get this story. I could have looked this up. But you don't get that moment until the end where you're like, okay, now I understand why I wasted. Not wasted, but why I spent two hours watching this movie. And that buildup was brilliant by the director, Joe Burlinger. Ber- it was such a good build-up to that moment. The build-up to that moment makes the rest of the movie watchable, and it's why I will probably watch this movie again. He enjoyed Zac Efron's performance. I think he dominated this movie at times. There were some moments where I was like, I'm, I want the quippy Zac Efron I've come to know in the past half decade to come out and be funny He didn't really have those moments. There was a scene where he holds up a picture drawn by Elizabeth Kendall's daughter. And that was kind of a terrible moment because you know what a monster he is, but he seems to care about Elizabeth Kendall and her daughter. And you're like, okay, it's a powerful moment. I mean, he keeps convincing these there's a scene with his mom that's a really great scene. I thought he was so good playing off of other characters and he he kind of didn't he kind of made you believe how someone could believe he didn't do these crimes. I mean, that's a it's a great acting job to do. I want to see more of this from Zac Efron going forward. My big question at the end of this movie is what is next for Zac Efron? Is it more musicals? Is it more silly comedies? Is it more drama? Because I want to see more of the dramatic Zac Efron. I actually do. I didn't think I would buy the performance as much as I do. But I want to see more dramatic Efron. And I maybe want to see a serious musical with him. After seeing The Greatest Showman in this, I think his dramatic chops could really perform well in a not-kid-like musical. I think Zac Efron is in an interesting point in his career. This was the right choice for Efron. He made the right decision. This might be the first time that he maybe made the right decision since High School Musical free. I mean, I'm not going to argue the Neighbors movies. They made a bowload at the box office. But to me, the last two performances have been building the right way for Efron. The Greatest Showman and now... Extremely like, Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. I think those were the right movies at the time for Efron to make. And I think it'll be interesting to see if Zach Efron will continue to make the right choices. Or will he go back to being quippy Baywatch Zach Efron. I'm sure there's a Baywatch sequel down the road here for Efron. He's actually kind of funny. Whenever me and my sister are watching Baywatch or Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates, the his quip is hilarious. He is funny. He can be the funniest thing in these movies at times, but I want to see that dramatic chops because there are some serious scenes where he can play a creep and a serial killer great. And he can make you believe that he's innocent at times and he can be his own lawyer and that he's smart enough. What I was interested in was, was Zach Avron going to be able to play a guy who thought he was smart? And I think he did it brilliantly because I've become so, so used to seeing Zac Efron play dumb, stupid characters that I thought he actually played a smart, albeit a serial killer pretty darn well. Overall, I really enjoyed this movie. The performances of Zac Efron and Lily Collins are phenomenal. They carry the movie, and again, that last scene. Watch this movie just for that scene. I couldn't recommend any more. Seeing Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile out now on Netflix about the infamous serial killer Ted Bundy. Check it out. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Pop Culture Spotlight. There'll be a new episode of Pop Culture Spotlight every week on apple Podcasts and itunes there are new and exciting movies and tv shows and actors and directors that i'll talk about so please rate review and subscribe big things are coming on this podcast check it out and thanks again for listening i'm cameron mckinney thanks again